0: Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life-balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, we're happy to be back with you on Ayers on the Road today. It's Thanksgiving season.
1: Yeah, we hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I was thinking, Linda, the, the title of this podcast is really ironic these days because we should call it Ayers on the Zoom. We did four speeches last week, and they were all by Zoom. All we had to do is make sure our heads looked okay, because that's all it showed.
0: (laughs) I know, and you got so casual, you wanted to wear your puffy vest for a really really important gala. I
1: thought it would look good. (laughs) So the show today is on travel stories. We started last week on that. Stories about travel, only this week we're going to talk, last week it was mostly about book tours and speaking stories that illustrated the power of families and the importance of parenting and so on. This week, we're going to make a real shift and talk about traveling with children uh, to do humanitarian work in third world countries. But before we get to that, Linda, could we just share a Thanksgiving poem with you? We, For
0: us, this is Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah,
1: we do so. it every, every year. We, it's the one time we do a poem. No,
0: no. Richard is a poet. He has a book of poetry and he writes great, wonderful, beautiful poetry.
1: Well, we hope you feel the the love and the sentiment in this brief poem. This is thinking back on Thanksgiving from this weekend, here we go.
0: Now wait a minute, we're really thinking back about this. A couple of days, right. Right right, all the name of this poem is called Twenty Twenty Hindsight. Has there ever been a year like 2020? When it began, we hoped for a year of clear vision, but beware of what you wish for, for you may get it in completely unexpected ways.
1: Clear vision came by way of adversity. The pandemic gave us 2020 clarity on our fragility. COVID showed us our interconnected vulnerability. BLM, Black Lives Matter, pricked 2020 clarity on our undiagnosed racism. Earthquakes and hurricanes revealed the pain and anger of Mother Earth. Political division opened 2020 clarity on America's two separate worlds. And isolation and quarantine exposed our darker deeper selves.
0: Piled on top of this macro malaise was some micro-medical murmuring altogether. It gave us twenty twenty clarity on both the ri- rich texture of beauty and the rips of shortcomings in the fabric of our families and relationships.
1: Sometimes it feels like COVID and 2020 have ripped our gut out, and with it, our gratitude. Protect against that because Thanksgiving is the protector of joy.
0: Thanksgiving, even as we plunge into cold COVID winter, brings hope, a view toward 2021. Through the corrective lenses of interdependent empathy and humility, hope visions of vaccines and clues of civility.
1: We give thanks for you, our friends and family, asking that 2020 fog will bring inward sight and that when it lifts in 2021, the world will be fresh and ever changed as we enter our fourth quarter, exciting and consequential, ready for the higher stakes and the final score
0: we love you and it is really true we do appreciate you who listen to this some faithfully and some who just pop in once a year
1: some sporadically (laughs) (laughs) we do we appreciate all of you and we did want to say a quick thing about one other subject before we get to our stories for the day we've been a part of a wonderful group called Uplift Families and some of you know that Utah's first lady, Jeanette Herbert, 10 years ago, decided what her cause would be. would be parenting and families and raising children. And she has poured herself into that and started this wonderful nonprofit called Uplift Families. We've been contributing articles and we've spoken three or four times at their annual conference. And we were on
0: the board for a couple of years and enjoyed so many people who feel like we do, that families are the most important thing.
1: We like the Herberts a lot. I actually play tennis occasionally with Gov- Governor Herbert. I think he's going to have more time for tennis now, Linda, because he's finished I'm at the so end of this year. I'm for both
0: of them. That's a huge responsibility for a lot of years.
1: But the great thing is that just because they'll be out of office, they're not ending their involvement or their champion championing of uplift families. So we just want to invite all of you to... When you get a minute, go to upliftfamilies.org and you'll find a real wealth of parenting information there. Some of it from us and a lot from other people, and we just hope you enjoy it.
0: It's a beautiful idea, and thank you to Jeanette Herbert for championing that for all these years. And she's going to go on with it. So if you feel that you'd like to donate there's a way to do that (laughs) if you go to that.
1: So let's tell, let's tell some stories, Linda. Um, i I've looked forward to this because we're all about stories and we're especially about stories that underscore or illustrate or illuminate how important families are to all of us and how important the tasks of parenting and raising children are to ourselves and to the whole world. And we've had the privilege over the years, of doing some really interesting third world travel, where we were with humanitarian groups, and we we love these groups.
0: Uh, they are absolutely well. They're they were life changing for us. Um, we had gotten connected with first of all Choice Humanitarian. We've done a lot with them through the years. And then Ascend Alliance. Then. Rising Star Outreach, which is about the leprosy colonies um, in India.
1: Right now a group called Family Humanitarian. The point is there's several wonderful 501c3 charities that focus on giving help in third world countries. And they focus on taking expeditions, taking people from the first world People like you and I to go into a village, into a
0: school, into developing an environment, country, yeah.
1: and build a school, or dig a well, or create an irrigation system, or do uh, create a cistern, uh, build a water system. So many things, and they they're good at arranging a project so the materials are there, and you can go in with your family, with your children, and really create something that has lasting value to that village after you leave.
0: You know, my favorite part, and we started when our kids were little, and you might think we were a little crazy, dragging nine kids to, uh, we had to wait until our youngest actually was eight or nine, I
1: think. Yeah, we wanted her to be old enough not to put her hands in her mouth all the time. Yeah,
0: but um, it was incredible. And I tell you what, the thing that I loved the most was the children. Because they didn't realize yeah. they were living in poverty, yeah. And when we got to a village in Africa, those kids, even even the older kids, the teenagers, were um, playing ball with a with soccer with rags. I mean, they found old rags and wound them around and wound them and made a ball, and that's how they were playing. And they were loving life. You could tell the kids were just so beautiful because they they were just loving life they were laughing they were you know while the adults may have looked a little downtrodden because they were worried about taking care of their children the children were so amazing
1: well and it was so amazing to watch our children become friends with children that they literally had nothing in common with at least nothing you would notice well
0: including language including
1: language couldn't talk to them but kids are so great at getting together and and especially because we we would always be doing a project like building a school or digging a a well or whatever. And the kids would be working together with other kids. And, and before you know it, they're laughing, they're talking, they're pointing at things, they're doing sign language. It's just amazing. And we just love these, these wonderful experiences. Now you may say, well, how did you afford that going to Africa, going to Bolivia, going to Romania? Well, you know, here's the funny thing, uh, taking your children for a week or 10 days or two weeks in some cases on these projects, turns out to cost less than going on a normal vacation. Because there's no cost once you get there. You live in a tent, you stay on the ground, you you, you, you come up with your airfare and that's about the only cost there is, except that you donate some money to the to the organization to buy the materials for the project. For the yeah. project.
0: And, and actually, um, we'll get to India in a minute, but we did have, they did have little dorms there, very um, Spartan yeah. dorms, yeah. but we did get little beds that we could sleep in. But it, it was quite amazing what is happening in this humanitarian world. And people were like, oh, white saviors, you're yeah. coming yeah. in and swooping in. No, actually, we know that they helped us more than we helped them. Oh, it helped our children's um, so perspective much
1: so yeah. much. We had a couple of kids who were pretty entitled and felt pretty like the world owed them a living. And I'll tell you, spending 10 days in a third world setting, working with those people, brings a kind of gratitude. This is a great thing to talk about on the Thanksgiving weekend, Linda, because we came home from each of these expeditions that we did with our children feeling more gratitude than and our children being more aware of their blessings than any other time in our lives.
0: Yes, our I think all of our spirits were lifted this week in gratitude as we listened to our prophet and president of our church, Russell Nelson, president Nelson who uh, challenged us to think every single day about what we were thankful for and put it on social media. And I think it turned oh, everybody's minds away from all the malaise of... <laughs> COVID and everything, and they suddenly, everyone was thinking about, I mean, and really it was worldwide, it was incredible. I think they had two million hits within two hours of that.
1: So we're gonna tell you four separate stories today. We'll get to the first one before the break and then three after the break. And they're four of the many expeditions we were able to go on with our children. The first one's in Africa, the second one's in Mexico, the third's in Bolivia, and the fourth is in India. So the African one Linda was, was spectacular. We, we, we decided that we would go and do a couple of things to really attract our kids' attention. We said, we're going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro and we're going to do a safari. But in between those two things, we're going to spend 10 days in a tiny village called Mambalasi, not in Kenya. And we are going to build a an irrigation system and do some work there that will benefit this village forever. And the kids were, the kids, on. The, here's the thing, on the way over, they were the most excited about the safari and about um, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. But when we were coming home after having done those things, and we were asking them on the plane, what did you enjoy most? Oh, it was the village. It was doing that work. It was helping those people. It was making those friends that far greater memory and greater joy for them, even right after, than than climbing Kilimanjaro or going on the safari.
0: Right. I think each one added a little something more to what they knew from the time before. But this one was especially amazing because there was a huge village um i remember being with the teenagers then and, yeah. and helping we, yeah. we dragged a basketball standard yeah. <laughs> all the way there and they had our never boys seen wanted one to, before. Teach they wanted to teach them and they basketball them. and they taught
1: yeah. our boys soccer
0: and they did and i think they're playing soccer with the basketball now
1: i think they probably are <laughs> so we're gonna we'd like last year if you want some pictures of these expeditions we're telling Last week. Um, just go on Instagram and go to Richard Linda Iyer and 10 photos on there, at least two about each of these stories we're telling you. You'll see our children, you'll see them reacting with these other children, and you'll get the idea. Any more to say about Africa, Linda? We'll take a brief break. Just
0: what beautiful people. I have to say that we spent some time with the um, with the beautiful um, teenagers and yeah, i think were. that's something that i would never forget
1: we wish we'll, we'll maybe tell you a little of that dialogue when we come back after this brief break stay with us for humanitarian travel stories
0: welcome back to Ayers on the road here's richard and linda Eyer.
1: And we're back talking about humanitarian travel stories. When we left for the break, we were in Africa, and we, Linda was thinking about these beautiful. Oh teenagers. my goodness!
0: They they were in schoolrooms, crammed together, three at these little desks, and our kids actually had earned some money to help them build desks while we were there because they were in great need but i remember those teenagers being in that dark room and we finally we could barely see them it was daylight but no windows i mean one tiny little window we said let's go out and they asked the most interesting questions they said just we said ask us questions and we'll ask you questions and the questions were things like to our teenagers what do you use for fertilizer The kids were like, uh, (laughs) we don't know what fertilizer means. Then what do you do for your funerals? That's so startling to me because so many people, in fact, a woman died while we were there and so it was on their their minds. But... Those questions never enter our kids' minds. And it was so interesting to see how they reacted to all that and and how much they enjoyed being together.
1: We we went with some medical people, too, and set up a clinic. And people were coming in from all the surrounding villages. and, And our kids got involved with cleaning wounds and with giving... Uh, vaccinations and doing other things and it was really quite remarkable the two the two pictures we chose to illustrate this one is a big group shot of our children with a lot of this village and the other one's our youngest daughter charity with a small african child that's just a beautiful shot again go to instagram and just in the search bar put Richard, Linda, I are all run together and it'll bring up this, these nine pictures that we're going to use to illustrate today. So let's move next Linda to Mexico. Some of our, we've done two or three of these humanitarian expeditions in Mexico, one down in Chiapas down by the Yucatan, one in central Mexico. And in each case, again, a project, when when we built a school and when we did uh, some work on on capturing water and retaining it for the village and so on and um, what beautiful you you we think we know Mexicans because we have we have borders and we have immigrants and so on but in when you get into the real mexico it is so fascinating it was
0: fascinating we one of these uh these trips we were with a big family. They had 12 children. There was an old couple. Yeah, yeah. Probably not as old as us. Actually, but, <laughs> but they were, um, no, I think they were in their 80s. They were actually. older, yeah. They were really There's old.
1: There's a picture of but them. All of on their Instagram. kids and all
0: of their kids were in this big village. They had a, every morning they uh, ground corn. They had a corner, a grinder, and everybody came and got their corn flour in the morning. And then our kids got to shadow their kids so they were each assigned to a child and they went around and did exactly what that child did all day long for the full day for one day and our I loved seeing our kids out there doing dishes out in the courtyard with a little tub and and little bit of soap and and making tortillas through these teenagers this is a little 13 year old that sits and makes tortillas (laughs) all morning from you know 7 to 11. And so it's enough tortillas for the whole day. It was so fascinating.
1: I loved it. Our daughter, there's a a picture on Instagram of of, uh, one of our daughters at the end of the day saying, I am so tired. I have been making tortillas for (laughs) 11 hours. (laughs) But again, the perspective that comes and, and the clarity of thought that comes in seeing how most of the world lives. Just amazing.
0: Yeah, I think that was so, so amazing. We did fence a water hole where the kids sometimes were playing with a lot of animals that had been walking through and so on. Um, we um, it just had a marvelous time. Mexicans are beautiful people. We have grown to love them so much.
1: And the, the school that we built down in Chiapas, is a simple school, but a place where kids could go and sit and learn every day and we donated some books to them and it was just so illuminating for us particularly but to be honest we did it for, for our kids and for the help they could give. Let's shift to Bolivia because the very first one we ever did Linda and give the background we were so tired of the way the commercial Christmases that we'd had and who wants what and who's got their list and who's going to get this and what's Santa going to bring and all the, all the shopping and all the commercial and all the... We right. were just tired of it. Which
0: we're into right now. And uh, in a different way than we ever could have imagined then. But um, we did have a meeting with our kids and we said, okay, so we have an idea. We want to go to Bolivia and do something wonderful in a village there that will teach us all a lot and we'll learn so much. You don't have to go if you don't want to, because this is a deal. No presents, no Christmas presents. You have to give up your Christmas presents.
1: <laughs> you get one present, and that's you a get trip to one Bolivia. Present. And some well, are like, "Where's one- Bolivia? What is Bolivia? <laughs> is there a roller coaster there?" <laughs> and so, our
0: ten-year-old was very reticent. She's like, um. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can give up those presents. And we said, okay, then you can stay with Grandma. That's fine. We'll just have you stay with Grandma. (laughs) And uh, she thought about it for a couple days, and she finally came around. And in the end, she was so happy because she had the time of her life.
1: Well, we did say, after we do our time in this village and build this project and work hard, it'll be be the hardest work you've ever done. But after we're done with that, we are going to, we are going to stop in Peru on our way home, we're going to climb Machu Picchu. And we showed them some pictures of this <laughs> wonderful hike. And a couple of the boys, I think that's where they decided they'd better do it. Because keep in mind, this is the first one we've done. Uh, as the years went by, they wanted any humanitarian project. They wanted these expeditions because they'd found out how fun they were and how much they learned. But this first one, they needed a little yeah. persuading. So we went
0: to... Um a village that was 14,000 feet above sea level.
1: The Altiplano, the High Plains. Altiplano
0: in Bolivia and honestly it was, (laughs) I will never forget it, I mean we could barely breathe at 14,000 feet. And then they took us out and then these little villagers came, women in their cute little bowler hats and these guys and they had, one of the guys was carrying a little table because we had to walk into the village. Yeah. And we could barely breathe. We could I mean, barely get there. It was so, the
1: hardest to breathe.
0: It was so hard. And they would dance and sing, and they wanted us to dance and sing with them. And we wanted to dance so much, but we didn't. <laughs> and then they would put the table down, and then they bought these two big bottles of Coke. And then they would give us a little Coke every once in a while so that we could catch our breath. <laughs> so we walked in.
1: Well, and it was, uh, and the project there, as luck would have it, was digging. A long trench trenches, into trenches. which these irrigation pipes would be placed. And, you know, I could take about one swing with the pick, and then I had to rest for a while. I mean, there was no oxygen at 14,000 feet. And, and our kids were the same way. with these big strapping boys, these basketball players and so on they thought they could work so hard and they'd take a couple of shovelfuls and then these little teeny
0: grandmothers little Little grandmother
1: grandmother. bolivian ladies were just working (laughs) circles around them and our boys were like wow this is a whole new world for us but linda we better drop back to the first of how we went on that trip because I can see it in my mind. No presents, none around the Iyer household, because we've opted to do this humanitarian work instead of the traditional Christmas. But a couple days before Christmas, a white limo pulled up in front of our house, driven by Santa Claus. Yeah, that's
0: true.
1: With an elf there to help him.
0: Yeah.
1: And we all got in that limo, and that was our ride to the airport. And uh, that was the one thing we did to splurge a little, to sort of open up this trip. but
0: in the end they didn't miss Christmas at all. It was was pretty incredible. We had a magnificent experience. I will say the food was a little bit hard for some of the kids, (laughs) but I had packed a whole bunch of peanut butter or granola bars, and so we got through it just fine. But wow, what beautiful people. We took Polaroid pictures. They had never seen themselves ever on anything. They didn't have mirrors, they didn't know. And so I think those pictures are still probably hanging in their homes. In
1: their little homes. Although
0: they've come a long way since then, I'm sure.
1: Well, our last stop on this little tour of humanitarian travel is India, down in Chennai, the southern part of India, right across from Sri Lanka. I mean, from Madagascar. No, from Sri Lanka. Right across from Sri Lanka, that southern tip of India, a little village named Chennai, Shil- where there are leprosy colonies.
0: Well, Chen- Chennai is, is not a village, it's a city. It's a city. big
1: city, but, but just south of there. Just
0: south of there. And we had the most magnificent experience with a, a group called Rising Star Outreach, which some of you probably know about, because started by Becky Douglas many, many years ago.
1: Who's become such a good friend. Who
0: is a champion for these people who are, who are afflicted with leprosy, who were doomed doomed to just um, sell whatever they could find, little things on the street and beg, just beg. Because there was no place to go, no schools for their kids. They were outcasts, they couldn't go anywhere. And since then, she has created, and now everyone has joined in, fabulous board people, people who are supporting the company.
1: They built a school, they built a dormitory, they've, they've, they've developed treatments. I mean, think about this, think about this. These are, you, you think of leprosy as some biblical disease, something that's long ago been eradicated. But in no. India, there is still a lot of leprosy. Oh, and all over the A world. lot of suspicion about leprosy. And people, you've heard of the untouchables of India. That's the lowest caste, it's below all the castes. And people who are lepers, or children who have nothing wrong with them, but who are Children of lepers are untouchables. They can't go to school. They yeah. can't you can't touch them. You can't talk to them. It's the most horrible thing. And now imaginable. they've
0: created this school that is number one, number one in all the thousands of schools in, in that area. And I think in India it's one of the top ten schools yeah. where these kids are able to go and get a great education. It was so amazing to be able to be with the children. We had some of our kids, our married couple, who stayed for six months. Then we had another daughter who came with some friends and stayed, but we had the chance also to go to the leprosy colonies. We got to wash the hands and feet of those beautiful people with no fingers, no toes their eyes were, uh, many of them were blind their mouths. It's just such a horrible, And you may
1: say, how would you subject your children to that? But there was something beautiful about it. There was a glow and a spiritual feeling and our children were not repelled. They were not repulsed. They wanted to help. They wanted to do whatever they could. And, and the feeling that came out of our children, in seeing that and and beginning to understand what the world was like 2000 years ago what the bible was like what what a horrible affliction leprosy can be or
0: and just simple things like these beautiful doctors that went in and said this 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 man just has a cataract he he's been blind for years he's never seen his family just a cataract it, it was so hard to get him in a hospital just to take that cataract off, and you should have seen that sweet man who had seen his family for the first time in for many the years. For the first time. Amazing. Imagine
1: watching yeah. someone who, after years of blindness, suddenly saw his family. So, yeah, we did. Well, we didn't. Do did we have a picture for Romania? I don't think we did. But we also did a wonderful trip to an orphanage. This was a long one in Romania. We were there for over a month trying to rebuild an orphanage. But on Instagram at Richard Linda Iyer, the last three photos are of this this leper colony and of this rising star outreach and this leprosy situation. And um, again, the bottom line is you have the power and we have the power to take our children and our grandchildren to parts of the world that will open their eyes to the plight of developing countries and that will give them a gratitude and a perspective they could never gain anywhere else.
0: Yeah, we do have to say that we set up a fund when we first got married to do things like this, and it really has changed our lives. And I think. Uh, you can do that in your own neighborhood. Don't think you have to go out to Africa or India to help people. There are homeless shelters in every town. There are people everywhere who need our help. We found that when we got home too, and we had as about as much fun in
1: the yep, homeless yep. shelters
0: as we did in in Bolivia.
1: So let us end with that challenge. Whoever you are and wherever you live, this Christmas season, incorporate one element of service and of giving and if it's a homeless shelter or feeding people on the street or whatever it is or if it's going on a trip make it part of your holidays
0: we wish you the very best we hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend and we're plunging into Christmas we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road
1: bye bye